Welcome to ADHD is over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is over. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today is one of my favorite topics as of recent, and that is the topic of gratitude. The greatest attitude, hence gratitude. Why am I doing an episode around gratitude on an ADHD podcast? Well, there's several reasons. One is simply that I do believe that when we count our blessings in our lives, in contrast to the stress we have, right, the challenges we go through, and especially if you're a parent and you have a child that's been diagnosed or said to have some kind of a disorder, as we call it, And again, as I always say, the struggle is real. The label doesn't have to be. But still, when there's a struggle, it's hard to stay present to our blessings, to the gratitude in our lives. Perhaps that we are healthy or we have a roof over our heads. We have enough food to feed the family. We have a job. We have a car. We have friends and family support. We have a beautiful pet, you know. There are so many blessings. I just sort of mentioned the most obvious ones that I could think of, you know. Uh, Food and shelter and, and, uh, in my case, peace, not surrounded by war, right? I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm counting that blessing as we speak. So again, if you are a parent and you've been struggling with this new direction, this new path, perhaps your son or daughter or your child has been diagnosed recently or um, there's something going on in, in the family dynamic that causes you a lot of stress and so forth, first of all, I'm here to say I see you, I hear you, I feel you, I'm in it with you. And that said, I wanted to do an episode around being present to our gratitude, counting our blessings. Because I noticed as of recent in my life, as I'm exercising my own muscle of gratitude more and more, it has been a flabby muscle, For 53 years, I've been what you would call ungrateful. And this is not to judge myself or shame myself or put guilt on me for being an ungrateful SOB. But it is rather to really acknowledge and really look at how much gratitude has been missing in my life. I mean, I've always been somewhat of a thankful, grateful person, but now knowing what gratitude is really about 
and seeing the effects it has on my life as of recent, the miracles it has brought into my life, I am so blown away by the power of gratitude. And I invite you to the listener to count your blessings today, right now with me. To make a list as I go along. This isn't going to be a super heady podcast episode, so feel free to write stuff down. What comes up? What are you grateful for? Like I said, those of us who have a, a roof over our heads, grateful for housing, grateful for food, right? Grateful for our family, for our partners, for our children, for our pets, for the clothes we have on our bodies, the cars we get to drive, the jobs we have, the paycheck that's coming in, the area we live in, right? The, the sunshine, the breeze or the snow, wherever you're at, right? To really dig into gratitude and to realize that it is also something to be grateful for, to have a child in your life, if that's you, if you're a parent with a child, that has been labeled with a quote-unquote you know, disorder or call it neurodiversity, which is a sort of a PC, gentler way to say uh, your child has a disorder. Um, nothing wrong with that term, but I still think we have ways to go because um, we're all neurodiverse. None of you know, the brains out there are the same. So we are diverse by nature. We are neurodiverse by nature. It is a blessing to have such a child in your life because I believe they are the check engine light of the family or of your life if you're a single parent, right? Still a family, but they are an opportunity for us to stop in life and to really evaluate what's not working in the environment that your child is living in. It could be stress. It could be childhood trauma, it could be, you know, it, it's many things, right? The environment is what literally shapes and forms our brain connections and it affects our nervous system and it turns on and off our genes. This is all, this is not me making this up. This is all science, epigenetics. And so, when we look at it that way, how blessed are we to be forced to slow down and to say, huh, I wonder what I'm missing here. Not, I wonder what I'm to be blamed for, but rather I'm wondering what, I'm, what I missed here and what I could be responsible for. Again, not like it's my fault as a parent or it's me to be blamed or us to be blamed, no simply an opportunity to look at what can we respond to powerfully that would make a difference in our lives and in our child's life. That is a beautiful opportunity to be blessed with that. I'm forever thankful to God, universe, you fill in the blank, whatever is your higher power, that our son is who he is and that he was who he was at seven years old when they said he can't sit still, he can't focus, he's, he's trouble, he's rambunctious, he needs to be medicated, he has ADHD, all that stuff was thrown at us, right? I'm so grateful that that happened in my life because my life, 
got literally thrown up in the air. And I was able to look at every area of my life over time with the mother of my children. We, we did this together. We looked at every area from nutrition to uh, where we lived to the kind of school that we, we put our son in to our, our marriage, our relationship that was on the rocks, right? All these things had to be looked at. The only other option, well, I won't say the only, but the other main option that was presented is you medicate your son and now you get to go back to your life and continue it as is. That is the underlying message, right? It's like, well, once you medicate them and then they're no longer trouble at school, you no longer have to go to the principal's office. You get to return to your quote unquote busy life the same as you had before. We subconsciously want that as a parent, right? Because we get disrupted in our, what we call flow. It's not really flow. In our grind, for most of us, unless you escape the grind, you can't, you know, if you escape the grind, you can be in flow, but the grind ain't the flow. So if you're in the grind and you suddenly get a diagnosis that your son is disruptive at school and all that stuff, suddenly you, 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 it's like throwing a wrench into the machine, right? It comes to a halt. And the last thing we want is to not be able to continue this setup grit, this, this grind system we've set up, right? That produces income and that keeps us busy and blah, blah, blah. Productive members of society, right? But when that gets disrupted, there's an opportunity to shift something. There's an opportunity to say, hold on. Am I actually happy in life? Am I actually doing what I love doing? How is my amount of stress? Is it low enough for me to say I have serenity in my life or am I stressed the fuck out all the time and my kids bear the grunt and my husband or wife or partner, whatever, when I come home, it's always stress and yeah, you don't understand. We need to make money. We both have jobs and careers and we, we just can't go to the principal office every freaking week to sit there with you and you're being trouble and we're going to medicate. So we can go back to the grind, right? You feel me? It is an opportunity and I'm forever grateful for that opportunity because my boy's mother and I were both stuck in that grind. We thought that that was the way to do it. That if we both had companies and we both worked full time, that we would be providing and that we would provide a great life for our children and we needed to be busy and we were stressed and we were unavailable in different ways, right? Don't want to go into detail here, but that opportunity that our son presented by simply coming into our lives, I call it a, 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 an arrangement created by spirit before he came and we came, right? That arrangement that led to that disruption, that threw that wrench into the machine, was such a blessing that I look at my life today, and yes, it's not perfect, it has challenges, I'm going through a lot of uh, uh, you know, dark nights of the soul, a lot of iterations, a lot of transformation. Uh, it's not been easy. But I can say that I'm more powerful, more present, more aligned in my life today, definitely today, than I was seven years ago when he got diagnosed. And it's a process. And I'm forever grateful that I listened to my intuition. And the same for my boy's mom, listened to her intuition that we both agreed something is off. This is not about a broken brain and a broken child and a medicated human for us to go back, return to the same grind that had disconnected us, stressed us, 
kept us not present in life with our kids, that is not what we need. That's not where we need to go. And we both aligned on that. I'm forever grateful to her for aligning with me on that. Because I could just smell the bullshit. Excuse my English. I could smell it and I still smell it today. I smell it even quicker today when I hear an expert who, you know, per- perpetuates this narrative of like, you know, uh, neurochemical imbalance and, and the broken brain and the, you know, you have to take meds for life and manage it. And there's something wrong with these kids and they got to, you know, all of that just smells like doo-doo. And that's besides the point here. I'm great, grateful. I have gratitude for having had the opportunity to adjust my life, to overhaul, to transform my life. Thank you to our son, Kai, for being in our lives the way he was. The unique self that he is today. And I'm grateful for how far he's come in seven years, that he's now in high school applying himself, getting up at 6 a.m., taking me to the gym. I wasn't really going to the gym regularly. He's like, Dad, I want to go to the gym. I want to work out. I want to be in great shape. I want to, you know, focus. I want to do the homework. I'm going to go in early to ask the teacher to help me before the test. He's doing everything in his power without any force, without any pressure from us. We just simply told him like, get good grades because it feels great. You feel accomplished, you know, feel it out. But if you, to us, if, if you end with a B minus instead of an A plus, like it is what it is. You have a C here and there, you figure it out. See how you feel about it, right? There's no pressure to perform. There's no, oh, well, because you need to do well here because we want you to go to this college so you can get this career so you can be happy. There's none of that. And he's applying himself more than I did or than kids supposedly with this disorder that are not medicated could never apply themselves. He's disproving that entire myth. And, you know, sometimes he even says like, yeah, well, yeah, but my ADHD and he says it, you know, it's okay for him to say it like that. He doesn't label himself that way, but he says, well, mine is not as maybe severe as someone else's. And I say, Kai, I'll show you the, the report we got, the test when they tested you, right? The diagnosis. It is not a light diagnosis. So if you think you have a very light, mild version and someone else who has a stronger version is going to struggle more, maybe, right? The point here is you were told by the experts you would not amount to anything unless you were medicated. You would probably end up in jail or use drugs. Those were the actual words from the principal of the school at the time. So he, to me, is disproving that. And I'm grateful, like I said, I'm so grateful to see this young man at 14. So take on life by the horns. So responsible with effort. And yes, he's a teenager. Sometimes he doesn't want to do homework. I mean, come on, you want to sit there for three hours and do math? Who wants to do that? What adult wants to do that? Unless you're into math, you know, you're a scientist or mathematician and you love it, which he's not, but he loves finance, right? So he wants to know more about it. But look, sometimes he's stressed or he doesn't want to do it. He'll do it the next day. That's fine. But he's always gotten it done. He gets it done. And I'm so grateful for that. 
And I'm also so grateful for every human being that I've crossed paths with in my life that led me to this point, to be this kind of human. I'm grateful for the amazing podcast guests that I've been able to interview over the years on this podcast and on my previous podcast that I'm not currently recording for called You Love Life, which is more about love, intimacy, connection, and so forth. I'm so grateful that I've been able to learn from all these amazing experts, all these amazing humans. And I'm so grateful for my family, for my boys and their mother who has been nothing but loving, forgiving, showing me unconditional love and collaborating with me to become like a safe space, a loving space, a peaceful space, an inspiring space for our boys forever thankful, so grateful to have this collaboration, to have gone through so much together and to still collaborate and, and have that glue of love and peace be there. And I'll also thank for, for a, a beautiful, beautiful recent relationship that I needed to step away from for uh, reasons that I don't want to get into, but with a beautiful, beautiful human being who so brought grace to my life and freedom and inspiration and love and childlike laughter and fun. And I'm forever grateful, forever grateful for that time that I got to spend with this partner in my life. So, so, so potent. And every other partner, uh, whether it's romantic or business, that came before, that I got to learn from, that I got to be with, that I got to create with, that I got inspired by. So, 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 so thankful because I am who I am because of every single human being I've crossed paths with. And I'm just so filled with gratitude right now. I couldn't have done this without me. And I invite you to join me and you can make this a daily, daily practice. I've started doing it. And I'm telling you, life is different. The things that are showing up, the things that are happening internally, outward, right? First internally, the shifts I've seen in my own uh, confidence, uh, my own certainty, my own serenity, my peace with myself acceptance in life, being able to face really difficult uh, adversities, right? Really difficult situations in life and being able to meditate on it, to say my gratitude prayers and to be by myself and be okay with myself. So much gratitude for that. And it's a, like I said, it, it's been a, it was a flabby muscle and I've finally returned to the gym of gratitude. And again, I cannot say it enough that especially when we have adversities in our lives, it is tempting, it is almost natural, a natural reflex to go to complaints. And one of my new friends in life who I adore so, so much, who is such a teacher to me, she said to me the other day, you know, 2024 is going to be about no more complaints. 
and the rest of my life is going to be about no more complaints. And actually, I'm going to start now. This was like a, maybe three weeks ago. And I, so, I was so inspired by that to think, what if I stopped complaining? What if I just gave up the right to complain? And I had to always reframe it into a gratitude. So for example, I use this a lot. Let's say you go, you know, you want to stop complaining and you want gratitude. Then you go to the DMV because you have to go get your driver's license renewed. And you're standing in line and there's like 40 people. And it's a mess and the televisions are on and the people are grumpy. And, you know, it's the DMV. Um, I, in that moment, can reframe that. Instead of the complaint of like, ah, long line, grumpy people, I'm at the DMV, I'm wasting my time, right? To reframe it and say, wow, I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity right now to practice patience, right? Or I have the opportunity to meet a new person. Or I have the opportunity to bring a smile to a person that might be struggling with, with something personal, right? We never know what people are going through. Whatever the reframe, the possible reframe is that is rooted in gratitude, right? Not just, oh, fine, I'll be patient. But like the gratitude of like, oh, you know, I have asked to slow down in life. And I guess right now it could be slowing down, right? To use that as a sort of on the court of life moment, not as a theoretical hypothetical, oh, I could be, I should be, but like to go, okay, so now's the time. Let me put my phone away. Because the first thing we do is we go to the phone. We got to check our messages and we got to see, we got to distract ourselves, keep ourselves busy so we're not bored waiting there, right? But to just put the phone away and like sit down or if you're standing, just close your eyes for a few seconds, take a deep breath and just sink into the moment. Because one thing I realized years ago is like, Patience is all we got, right? People always say like, oh, thanks for being patient. It's like, what else is there? I mean, anything else is going to be irritation, complaint, whatever, right? Because when people say thank you for being patient, what they're really saying is thank you for not getting angry or irritated or letting it out on me or being frustrated or thank you for not, you know, being somebody who complains about the service, that kind of thing, right? That's what they mean when they say thank you for being patient. And I always say like, it's my pleasure. It was, you know, it was, it was here for me. You know, what else do I, do I got? Especially if I'm not going to complain anymore, I get to reframe it. So I invite you not only to have a gratitude prayer or practice or list, but also to use these opportunities to be grateful for these moments where we can truly reframe away from complaint and state it as a, as an opportunity you know, that we're grateful for. Those two things have shifted my life so massively in just the last two weeks. Two weeks. I'm so thankful and grateful to everybody and everything. And I'm not perfect. It's new to me, right? If I look at around my place and I want to be grateful and thankful for everything in it, I may be here for five hours. But every day I pick the things that come to me that, that I realize, oh, there's these chips that I love. I'm grateful for those chips. I have some. I can dip them in whatever I have in the fridge, some hummus or 
guacamole, right? It's like, I'm grateful for that, or I'm grateful for the sun shining right now, or me being able to record a podcast on a really great microphone. And, you know, all those things we can be grateful for if we choose to. And especially once we get rid of the complaints, right? There's so much more time and energy to be grateful for something. It's amazing how often or how much we complain, even if we don't say it out loud, if we just, you know, in our heads, run our old tape of complaining. I can't believe that person did this. And I can't believe they don't know that I don't know. I can't believe that this and why is this happening? And oh, see there again, like all of that noise, it sucks energy. It's like on a, on an, on a cell phone, right? On a smartphone, if you has, have some senseless apps, and when I say senseless, I just mean like stargazing or, you know, the level uh, uh, tool or things that you don't really depend on, not like your bank app or your phone, you know, or internet, but like really stuff that you're like, yeah, it's cute. It's a cute app. I have it, right? Those things in the background, when they run, they use up energy. Very little, but they use up energy. And it's the same thing with this negative self-talk or this complaining that we allow, you know, that tape to run in our heads. It uses up time and energy and space on the hard drive, right? So when we let that go, when we can drop into gratitude and really get that, and again, I'll bring it back to ADHD and being a parent with, with a child who has ADHD, when we come from gratitude, our children will feel it too. When we're grateful for who they are and who they've been in our lives and how they've affected our lives, how, how they've come with an opportunity for us to grow, right? There's a saying, I believe, in Ecuador, um, where Tatiana is from, uh, that babies are born with a loaf of bread under their arms, right? And it has several meanings. But the way I look at it in this context is that you know, our children come into our lives with a gift. And that gift is, in the case of, I believe, a child that's been diagnosed with ADHD, that gift is disruption of old, antiquated, and non-empowering patterns. That's the gift. And if we can be present to that and be grateful for it and say to ourselves, what area of my life or areas of my life could I look at that are not quite fulfilling to me? And we have to be honest with ourselves. You know, when, when you ask people, well, how's that area of your life? They go like, it's good. It's good. I rate it from one to 10. Yeah, it's like an eight or seven. It's good, right? Usually when people say an eight or seven, it's really a five or six. And the question is, are you satisfied with a five or six? And then people go like, yeah, I mean, it could be worse. Yeah, it's good. It's good, right? No, we want to look at the areas of our lives and say, it's a five or six. I really would like it to be an eight or nine, you know? Sure, would a 10 be great? Yeah, some areas might be a 10. But I think we, I don't want to say owe it to ourselves or deserve it, but to live life at an eight or nine is exponentially different and way more fulfilling than to live at a five or six, I believe, I've experienced. And so we have to be honest with ourselves, like, we have to look at the areas of our lives and say, how is my relationship with my body? How is my relationship with food, my relationship with my partner, to parenting, to spirituality, to downtime, you know, all these things, uh, you know, and I invite you to is something uh, I used to do. I have to actually do it again 
soon is like to really rate the areas of your life, like rate them honestly and have a partner or somebody who can do the same and then you share with each other where you're at, right? And if you have a relationship or just as friends, right? Just to kind of hold each other accountable and say, why is it a, only a five there? What could, you, what could you do moving forward that a five could be an eight, right? In a few months or whatever. To hold each other accountable to level up. It's so important. And of course, it starts with the gratitude that, hey, I'm alive, I'm healthy, you know, like, like really check in what we have and be grateful for it. It doesn't mean we're settling for it if we're grateful for it now. It means we're just grateful for it now and we're building on that, right? So I know that's been a lot. You don't have to do any of it, but if you can create a gratitude practice dedicated to your child and say thanks to my son, my daughter, right, my child, here are some of the things I can improve on that I think would help my child, that would calm down his nervous system, that would help us co-regulate, right? That would help my child uh, perhaps to be able to focus better in life, in school and so forth. And let me tell you, parents, it starts with the presence. How present are we with our children in our children's lives? How present are we? Not just, I'm here, but we're on our phone or I'm here, but in my head, I'm thinking about, you know, business. I'm here, but really I'm hoping you get better grades and I'm not listening to what you're really saying, right? To really be present and to really be present requires a non-judgmental way of being, which means if we're really present and our child is sharing something that they know is probably sensitive and might trigger us and we do show a form of trigger, they're going to take a little note and go, hmm, Wow, mom was really triggered, got angry, didn't feel comfortable. So telling the truth equals having to deal with mom's anger. I don't know. Maybe next time I'll minimize it a little bit. Maybe next time I'll omit some of the details that seemed triggering to my parent, right? It's important to know that they will note that. They, they, they look for evidence, right? But if we're a non-judgmental space, even like that, I crashed your car. You know, if you take a deep breath and go, okay, wow, I'm really grateful that you're alive and you're not hurt, right? In the case of somebody not being hurt or having a scratch or even if they're in the hospital, but they're fine, they're surviving. It's like focusing on that will show them where our priorities lie. And if our priorities lie in the physical, the belongings, the car, the money and all that stuff, then the dialogue that a child starts to form is like, well, I'm not that important. I'm not the most important thing to my parents right now. Even though I'm hurt, I'm in the hospital because they're talking about $17,000 worth of body work on the car. Now, trust me, I get it. That money has to be spent and the car has to be fixed and so forth, right? That does bring up a valid, uh, you know, there's a point to that conversation, but not in that moment. That is consequences and a later conversation. At that moment, a child needs to feel safe and heard and not judged for what they've done. Because if not, they're going to start, you know, avoiding to make mistakes, avoiding to get people angry, avoiding to tell the full truth because it triggers people and it's uncomfortable to deal with people's anger, all that stuff, right? So again, I want to just say gratitude is the greatest attitude, Gratitude is the foundation for manifesting anything in life. Prayer 
without gratitude, meaning asking for something full of hope, but without the gratitude, what we already have, I believe is pointless. Well, pointless is a strong word. It's very, very weak and almost non-effective. But prayer filled with gratitude, I believe, is our um, manifestation tool. When we come from true gratitude of like, if I don't get what I'm praying for, I'm okay because I already have all these things and I'm so grateful already for what I have. And I would love this other thing, but if I don't, it's kind of like full, full on, full blown intention, but zero attachment. I believe that is our direct access to manifesting miracles in our lives. I've seen it. I've seen it at a small scale because like I said, I'm just returning to the practice of gratitude or I'm finally uh, uh, exercising the gratitude muscle. And just in a couple of weeks, what I've seen happen in my life is, I mean, it's miraculous. It's delicious. It's so... I, I, I don't know if there's another word. It's, I just feel so good. And I, I, everyone can have that. Everyone. You know, I'm not any different or special. I'm unique, but I'm not special in that sense. You can have that. And trust me, when you're a parent or parents of a child that's been diagnosed and you're going down that path, it's a, it's a challenging path. And so... Wouldn't it be great to have this amazing tool along the way on this path, on this adventure? The tool of gratitude, of being able to manifest what we need so our families can flourish. We can live a fulfilled and serene life. You know, life can throw at us what life throws at us and we go like, got it, let's handle it. You know, I was myself uh, struggling with, with addictive behaviors in life and... Um, coming to terms with why I've been running all these years away, why I've been numbing out, what I've been afraid to face, which is myself, which is truly being with myself, my full self with light and shadow sides. I'd been numbing out for almost 53 years and now realizing that I've just been simply scared that I'm not good enough, strong enough, that I can't handle what life throws at me, that I need others to lean on, that I need distractions, that I need to numb out from the present moment that is overwhelming, right? Life is throwing stuff at me and I get overwhelmed. I need to numb out because I didn't truly believe that I'm good enough, strong enough, that I can handle anything. And that's shifted big time. And it's still challenging. But I'm at a point now in life where whatever comes my way, I don't run. I don't numb out. I want to. The thoughts are still there. I try not to distract. I take in the discomfort. I own it. I celebrate it. I be with it and then I step through to courage and it takes a lot. It takes work in a program. It takes therapy, it takes meditation, it takes gratitude prayers. It takes 
surrounding myself with inspiring people. We can't do this alone. Nobody can. But I'm so grateful that I've had recent mentors that have shown me that through gratitude, prayer, meditation, and facing what I've been running from actually has caused me to become a happier person. Anxiety and insecurity and jealousy and obsession, all of that stuff that I've experienced so strongly over the last year, year and a half, so debilitating, is now being worked on. And it's hard work. It's hard work. It's the most, it's the hardest work I've ever done. It's the most courage I've ever had to come up with to face it on a daily basis, 24 hours at a time. But it is making a huge difference. And I would have never gotten to this point or got to do this work if it wasn't for my son who disrupted our lives seven years ago and for the people since then that have come into my life, that have all been teachers, mentors, souls, spirits that agreed, whether you believe this or not, this is how I see it, that have agreed to come into this physical lifetime and life form with me to be there to teach me a lesson or to co-create with me, right? And I salute those souls so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart and soul for what you've contributed to my life. You are truly an angel. You are a miracle. You are a teacher. I love you. Thank you forever. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at gratitude for the humility, the grace, the growth I've gotten over the last few years and beyond. But the last few years have been really intense. And if you're someone who entered my life during that time, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can only hope I've contributed as much to your life. So I'm going to leave it at that. Gratitude is the greatest attitude. It's never done or achieved. It's in and out like integrity. One day you have it, the next day you don't. Then you put it back in, right? But it works. Gratitude is so simple. It can be done while driving in the car, while waiting in line at the DMV, before going to bed, while standing somewhere in nature, right? Just a quick few thank yous, thank yous, getting present to something that we really appreciate, we're really grateful for. I guarantee you it will make a difference in your life starting the same day. Anyway, thank you for listening. If you've listened this far, I always say your attention is the most valuable commodity that you possess and you've given it so generously and so thank you for that and if you've just listened for a little bit and you're already you've been out before this thank you for coming in if you're forwarding this to a friend if you're introducing them to our podcast thank you thank you thank you if you have a child that's been 
you know, diagnosed, labeled, maybe even medicated recently, I send you so much love and strength, clarity. And I'm here to say, please trust your intuition, your higher self intuition, listen to yourself first. Whether it's the two of you as a parent team or a single parent, listen to your intuition first and then take action from there and consider any external expert as a secondary advice. You, you and I, the parents of our children, we get to have the final say. And I believe if we listen to our higher self, our intuition, our internal guidance system, we can never go wrong. There's only two po po potential, or sorry, two possible outcomes. Either we get a desired result or we get a huge opportunity for growth. In both cases, we can't go wrong. I'll leave it at that. Have a magical day and until next time.